I've been thinking a lot about hard times lately. And I reached this startling conclusion. Or realization. That almost all of us think about hard times in the wrong way. And I'm not trying to say something obvious to you, like hard times are the time when you can really set yourself apart from the crowd and rah, rah, rah. No. Hard times, we think of hard times as We like hmm, how to how to lead into this. Okay. Remember at the start of the pandemic when everyone was kind of side eyeballing everyone else to see if they were going to cancel all their shit. And it was like once the world shut down, we were all shutting down together. There was this clarity and like, ah, okay, here we go. Remember kind of how good that felt? There was this clarity of like, oh, this is what we're all doing right now. Yep, this is a big thing. Everybody's doing it. We like that. We like that feeling of clarity. And we think that hard times, we like to think about hard times that will have that same feeling of clarity, right? Uh, uh, a Carrington event that fries all the electronics. Boom! Everyone's on the same reality, right? It's simple to think about that, right? You shift immediately from this is normal life to this is life after that event. What are you doing immediately, right? You're just like, you shift completely. And that's relatively easy to think about. But the truth is that most hard times are not like that. They don't have a stark before and after. Instead, hard times pick off the weak heard somebody describe how during bad winters when large portions of the bird population dies the birds that die are the ones who were at the bottom of the pecking order and therefore had less access to uh, food and shelter and they were the ones that died because they were already stressed. And I'm not making the economic case here that that in every situation the rich are going to be insulated and the poor are going to suffer. Although on aggregate, that is true. 
I'm making the individual case that when times get hard, there is a squeeze. And what happens in a squeeze is a lot of us freeze because it's not clear to us at what point we should be changing our behavior. Right? Now, is anyone else changing their behavior? You look around. You don't, you can't really tell. Maybe you look around and you do see a bunch of people being laid off, but it isn't you yet. At what point should you change your behavior? You look around, you see some people struggling with their business, but it's not you yet. Because the way the world presents us with information these days, from anywhere in the world immediately, we are more than ever made privy to the moments where something is a struggle for someone far across the world. Now that could be a good thing if we were proactively taking those streams of information and assessing them and figuring out what we needed to do in action to buffer ourselves against a similar situation or that exact situation reaching us. But instead it's like the world is crying wolf a million times to us before it actually comes for us. And we look and we look and we look and we see all these other people suffering, struggling, and it's not yet us. And because it's not everyone around us, because it's not a unified thing, we don't have the clarity of, oh, I see, now is when I should start behaving differently. I've been thinking about all this because, like everyone else, I can sense some sort of economic downturn coming. And I've been mentally preparing myself for what I can and will do and what I could and should and am doing now to prepare for it. And it's not a simple answer. And I don't think this is the place to lay it out here because I don't want it to distract from the fact that the the solutions that I've found have been solutions that involve putting in more effort now and being prepared and, and mentally preparing myself to put in more effort in the future 
and that more effort is the opposite of freezing up and continuing to coast. Now maybe you are worried about economic downturn because you've been building something and building something and building something and you feel like it's going to swat you back to the to the bottom again. And that might be true. But to the extent that what you were building was working or not working, this is the moment to look at why it was working and not working. Let's, let's take those separately. Let's say things were working and you feel like you really built something and you're scared to lose it. Well, what are some structural ways that you can make the thing that's working more resilient? So many businesses are built in a brittle fashion. that rely upon immediate mm, spur-of-the-moment sales to people who see something, decide they want it. And when those people tighten their belts, that's the first thing that goes away because it requires them to take action in order for you to have a sale. Other businesses are more resilient because they're based on either subscription models or they're providing something that is more tangibly important to people that they're not going to let go of first. In general, if you're helping somebody with a problem that they have, that's a more resilient business than if you're simply providing them with something that they want. So in that case, if your business is working but you're afraid that an economic downturn is going to completely flatten you, you need to look at your efficiencies, right? Maybe you have hired a bunch of people that you can't justify keeping on anymore. Maybe you need to go back to the older, scrappier, rather the younger, scrappier version of your business. Maybe you need to tighten your own belt when it comes to what you're spending money on and calling it a business expense. Because at the end of the day, the business, the business's job is to kick off money to support your life, not just to support the business. And there are many, many aspects of bookkeeping and accounting and just business information in general that obscures this fact.
before it turns its nose up at it. Now, if your business is not working and you feel like, shit, I spent the good time and my business hasn't been working, it hasn't taken off, it hasn't grown, now's the time to take the hard look at why it is that that's the case. I have things that I've been doing that haven't grown and there's always a reason for it. You know, oh, it hasn't grown because I made this choice to do it this way and to not do these other things. Well, that's your blueprint right there of what you could do to make it grow more. And the trick is when we tell ourselves that, it's easy to indict yourself and say, well, shit, why didn't I do that from the beginning? Well, you know why you didn't do it from the beginning, because you didn't want to. You didn't want that. But now times have changed. You're in a different place. You've learned a bunch from how you were doing it before. Now it's time to level up to the next thing because you need it to earn you money. This is exactly what happened for me with the spoon carving business. I had tried a bunch of ways of carving spoons and making a business that weren't working for all sorts of reasons. But ultimately, the reason I chose to do it that way was because I had certain underlying beliefs of how I wanted to earn a living. And what I found was that there was a way to thread the needle so that I got what I wanted out of the business, but managed to leverage the things that I've been avoiding and do it in a way that I was comfortable with. So for years, I was doing the spoon carving business without using Instagram. And then even when I did start using Instagram, I was still trying to run the business as a local business, local sales, farmer's market, crafts fairs. And that was not working. I had initial success at Christmas and that that messed with my sense of what, what of my expectations. I had to learn the hard way that Christmas sales do not reflect what you can achieve the rest of the year locally. And certainly not. I had to learn a whole bunch of other things about my price, the value of the product I was selling, how to present it to people. All these lessons. But the biggest one was recognizing that I needed to suck it up and start selling online to people. This was not an easy thing for me. Dogs, hey, come here. Yo, Willa, come here. 
Maisie, no. Come here. Right here. Right here. Nope. Come here. You, little white dog. Little white dog. Come here. Come here. Good girl. Sit. Sit. Good girl. Stay. <clears throat> so. I had to recognize. Right? that I had decided to put these boundaries on the business, how I would not would not do it, and those boundaries were making the business fail, keeping it from gaining momentum. And I had to change those boundaries. Now, I didn't... When you change boundaries, you can... There's all sorts of levels that you can change them to. Right? I could have said, you know what I need to do to make it a spoon carving business is I need to build a shop and get a bunch of power tools and create a bunch of wholesale accounts and make my spoons out of boards using power tools. And there are people who do that and they build a business. But... <clears throat> I was trying to find a way of retaining the things that I loved about it while being able to make a business that was going to work. And that has held true to this day. But there are plenty of things in my life where they haven't grown because I haven't wanted to do the work that would turn them into the thing that would grow. Right? <clears throat> and when that's the case, it's it's fine so long as in economically good times things are going well and you don't need them to grow right you're doing well enough right your shop releases are doing well enough your teaching schedule is doing well enough and you don't have to lean into another model for doing what you're doing When you're facing economically hard times, you're going to need to, well, let's not say you're going to need to. That's the moment at which to reevaluate the. boundaries that you put on your business and ask yourself how can I just try doing it a different way how can I try even if it's something as simple as completely changing your prices right how can I try 
something that I've been avoiding. Because if you don't, you're the bird with the poor territory. Come on, dogs. You're the bird that's going to freeze first. You're the bird that is the first to go. And because it's not going to happen to all of us all at once, the likelihood that you don't take action when you need to, because you're standing around. Come on, let's go. Side-eyeing everyone else. Wondering if now's the moment when you should take that action. You wait too late. Now, it's possible that you've put yourself already in a strong enough position that you'll be fine. And if that's so, great, I'm so happy. But it's not about how much you make, it's about how brittle your life is. So if you earn a lot, but you have a lot of drains on your wealth, well then maybe you're more brittle than someone who earns very little, but has very little drain on their wealth. When things dry up, not about the physical amount that things are drying up because it's it dries up proportionally to each person and also differentially to each person <sighs> and so the more you're leveraged the more you're living outside your means the more you able to pull in your horns and live on less and the fewer avenues you have to expand into in terms of your efforts the more brittle you are in the situation and it's it's that brittleness that gets you So stop looking around at other people, wondering if now is the time to make some change. And just tell yourself that now is definitely the time to make a change. And write out a list of five things that you could do that you aren't doing now because you've decided it's not how you want to run your business, but these are five things that you could do that you have a sense from your experience would probably lead to greater financial success even if it meant that you liked what you were doing less. Now look at that list and discard the ones that are going to require you to invest a lot of money in it. 
what I've seen happen over and over again with friends who want to say start a spoon carving business is they invest a lot of money in a shop, tools, and this is because it's always easier to spend money than it is to earn money. Always. So when you have that list, cross off the ones that are going to require you to spend, I don't know, let's say more than a couple hundred dollars to start. And maybe you can get creative and come up with a way to do the thing on the cheap and test it out. But the ideas you're really looking for are the ones where you can do what you're already doing just in a slightly different way, using what you already have, but in a way that would generate a better response. And usually that means more effort on your part, more dedication or steadiness or um, even just structuring things differently than how you've had them structured till now. Once you have that list of, say, three things, two things that you could do to prepare yourself, I want you to choose one and then take the first step towards doing it today, right now, literally as soon as I'm done with the podcast. I want you to do it, and that means doing it right now.